fear is not the enemy. Comfort is. And so many people come to our community. Um, we call ourselves fear bosses. This means we're the boss, not our fear. It doesn't mean that we don't get afraid. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that fear doesn't exist, but we have chosen to face it. I am unwilling to give up that I will start over from scratch as many times as it takes to get where I want to be. I want to be. You just want to make sure you will get knocked down, but just make sure you don't get knocked out. Knocked out. So your only choice should be go focus on what you can control. 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 Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Kara Golden Show. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with some of the world's greatest leaders. We'll talk with founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and really some of the most interesting people of our time. Can't wait to get started. Let's go. Let's go. Hi, everyone. It's Kara Golden, and I'm so excited to have my next guest here, who is not only a total badass keynote speaker, podcaster, comedian, CEO and author of the book, Fear is My Homeboy, How to Slay Doubt, Boss Up, and Succeed on Your Own Terms. Welcome, welcome, Judy. Oh, thank you, Kara. It's so good to be here. And it seems like we both have a love affair with with slaying doubt and overcoming doubt and uh, moving through it and moving with it. And so it's just, it's an, it's an honor to be here for real. I absolutely, if you go to judyholler.com, she has just a few videos there that really talks about your backstory. And I remember looking at it and was just blown away. And I knew who you were, but actually, I mean, you just did an amazing job on that as well. But also just, it's so inspirational on so many levels. So Judy is as I mentioned, has done a lot. She wears a lot of hats, uh, like many of us, but she's also jack of all trades and truly embodies the spirit of creative entrepreneur. Mm. And uh, her company that she's the CEO of is called Hola Productions. And Hala, 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 sorry, CEO of Hala Productions. And she, as I mentioned, is a podcast host and author of the best-selling book, Fear is My Homeboy, How to Slay Doubt, Boss Up, and Succeed on Your Own Terms. And if that isn't enough to impress you, then we're just going (laughs) to keep chatting a little bit about some of the other amazing stuff that she's doing. In her own words, she's a bonafide improv nerd who (laughs) is obsessed with helping people live a braver life and lead Brave, braver teams as well. So anyway, thank you so much for joining. So let's dive right in. You started out studying and performing improv theater. Talk to me a little bit about that. How did you get there? First of all, like where did you grow up? All of that kind of cool. stuff. All the things. Okay. So I am a St. Louis girl born and raised in the Midwest. By the way, my husband's an ASU guy. So funny oh. story. We have a connection to Arizona as well. And so, um, 
my husband told me to tell you go devils, but I I have no connection to Scottsdale or Arizona or that area. But I grew up in the Midwest, um, and moved from St. Louis, Missouri, uh, to Chicago, Illinois by way of a big promotion in sales and marketing. I worked in the hotel industry. Hospitality was sort of my background. And I grew from property level sales, working in big convention hotels, booking big conventions to regional sales where I represent companies like Marriott, Starwood, back when there was a Starwood, Omni, etc. And I was responsible for bringing and growing uh, business in those hotel collections. So I opened hotels and uh, was based in Chicago. And it was an incredible career. And I knew that when I got to Chicago, I had this feeling that I was going to have to try improv. So I have a little bit of a theater background, but I was never a theater kid. I did like speech and I loved like the sales presentations when I was working in sales and marketing. I loved storytelling. I loved finding unique ways to get people's attention. And I've always naturally love to orate. I love to talk. I love to tell stories and I love to find a way to do that differently. And so I thought, Improv could help me sharpen that skill. And little did I know that just going to take a class, the basic classes, the classes anybody could go take, um, by the way, at the age of 30. So I think that's important. I think a lot of people think, oh my God, I'm too late or who am I? I'm too old. You know, everybody's going to make fun of me and I'm not smart enough. I'm not funny enough, all this stuff. Right. Um, and I tell this story in my keynote, one of my signature stories is the story of how I went at 30, Kara. And then I left, like I quit. I lied. I said I was in the wrong place. I was supposed to be at Starbucks and I left and it took me two years to go back to second city. So at 32, essentially, I took my first ever basic improv class, caught the bug, um, and ended up auditioning for the conservatory, the professional program after a few years, got in, stayed in, and am an alum. Can I jump in for a second? So, so when you left, so did you leave because you were booed off the stage or what, yeah. what kind Great of- Great question. Yeah. What? How often have you thought about learning a new language only to be stopped by that memory of yours from the last time you tried to learn a language when it didn't go so well? Okay, maybe it wasn't a language that you were interested in learning, or perhaps all those poorly written textbooks in your sixth grade class weren't that well written after all. I have a great tip for you. It's called Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program around available on desktop or app, no matter where you choose to learn it or what platform you choose to learn on, Rosetta Stone works and it truly immerses you in the language you choose to learn quicker and easier than you ever imagined to. Maybe you're getting ready to travel abroad this summer and you want to learn a bit of Portuguese, let's say, before your trip, Rosetta Stone can help. I know this firsthand as I did just this before traveling to Portugal last year. I learned Portuguese through Rosetta Stone, and by doing so, I not only got a better grasp of the spoken language of Portugal, but it got me very excited for the trip itself before I went. They even have a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation as you are learning too. They've got you covered. Rosetta Stone's trusted experts are the real deal. They've been helping people just like you for over 30 years, helping millions of people to learn Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and my favorite, Portuguese. 
The lessons are five to 10 minutes long and include practical exercises so that you can pick up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. No English translations either, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language you are focused on, helping you get the long-term retention you are looking for. And who wouldn't want that? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the Kara Golden Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. In today's world, which I will admit can at times seem filled with too much of the wrong information, it's essential to find a good source that truly gets to the heart of what I want to know. I am super excited about our next sponsor as I've been a big fan of their content for some time now. That sponsor is the Washington Post. Their depth on topics from business to tech isn't just impressive, it's essential reading for me. Whether I'm catching up on the latest tech trends or understanding how the day's news truly impacts my family, the Washington Post is my trusted source. Let's talk specifics. Their business and tech coverage, absolutely top-notch. Just imagine having the most insightful articles at your fingertips, including the unparalleled AI reporting from Drew Harwell or the pulse on tech and online culture from Taylor Lorenz. And the best part? You can listen to articles just like you listen to this podcast, making it perfect for your busy lifestyle. I was just reading an article from one of my favorite Washington Post writers, Frances Stead Sellers. She covers entrepreneurs like myself, but also covers other interesting topics, including health, as well as some very interesting books. I also love getting their For You newsletter, which is their roundup of stories tailored just for my interests, right in my inbox every evening. The Washington Post app is super well done, I think. It makes it incredibly easy to stay up to date and follow my favorite journalists on the go. And if you ever thought that the Washington Post is just about politics, think again. They cover everything under the sun, from climate and culture to crosswords and cooking, providing a world of surprising stories and vital insights. Okay, enough of the love fest that I have for the Washington Post. Here's the deal. Being a listener of the Kara Golden Show has its benefits, and this one is too good to miss. Now is the time to sign up for the Washington Post. Go to WashingtonPost.com slash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That's 80% off their typical offer. So this is truly a steal. Once again, that's WashingtonPost.com backslash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That's what happened. I was so afraid. It was fear and fear alone. I was afraid that I was too old, that I was too late, that all these 20-somethings were going to boo me off the stage or make fun of me or that I had missed my chance. And so I quit. And, you know, the big idea is wouldn't it be great if we could stop, you know, allowing fear to make our decisions to stop 
um, missing opportunities because fear, you know, has, has started to call the shots in our life. And, and I quit that day and I regretted it for, for quite some time and went back two years later. And it's funny in my keynote, I end up flashing this, this photo on the stage, but it's the photo of my very first ensemble. So when I went back at 32, I mustered up the courage. I was reading a lot of Brene Brown and books on courage. And I, I finally mustered the courage up to go back. And the first human being I saw in that room was a woman named Shelly, who at the time was a 55-year-old University of Chicago professor taking improv to think on her feet. And there was a guy named Frank who was 56 years old, sales guy taking improv to become a better presenter. And it was this melting pot of humans all looking for something different. What I found, what I went for was some presentation skills and to have some fun and meet people. I was single and living in Chicago. But what I got was courage in a way that I never thought I'd get it because here I was doing things on the improv stage that made me really brave in front of hundreds of people with no script. And you know what it did, Kara? It made me boss up in the boardroom. I started like asking for raises. I started speaking up to the toxic person at work. I moved to new cities. I left bad relationships. I'd sit in the front row at meetings. So yeah, there it all began. There it all began. And I just started talking about it. I'd ask my sales director, can I lead the sales meeting? I learned this really cool thing at improv. I think our team could use it. And I would just speak for free to anyone who would listen. And I have turned it into a full-time speaking and creating and writing career on fear, courage, and confidence. That's amazing. That is so great. So did you, like like growing up, were you funny? Did your friends think you were (laughs) funny? I mean, it's a I mean, it's funny. A, a lot of my friends today will share stories where they all knew I was going to be an entrepreneur, but I always call so myself cool. an accidental entrepreneur. They're, they were like, you were planning a kid's camp at age 12, you know, and you were just like, come on, it'll be fun. We'll charge five bucks. You had no idea what you were talking about, but I I just was able to kind of convince people you know, I was leading them, but I didn't call it leading then. At the, mm. I was like, I, you know, it was my idea and I would, I would do it. But anyway, I'm, I'm so curious. Like, did you think you were like, did people think you were funny or yeah. did you I think you I'm, were funny or, or I still know that like, it, it's so funny. I, we're our toughest critics and we're the hardest on ourselves. Um, humor has always been a part of my life and mm-hmm. I've always made people laugh. And I, I feel like energy is my superpower. And so I work really hard to, to, to generate energy. You know, I think power plants don't wake up with energy. They generate it. Right. And so I, I work hard on that knowing it's my superpower, but comedy, you know, I'm not, I'm definitely not a stand up comedian, but I, I think I know how to make people laugh. I think I know how to trust myself enough to turn the volume up on the gifts um, I that it. I have and the things that I see in the world that may be humorous, right? And so it's been fun for me to use comedy and use humor to help people have more fun, playful conversations about fear. Because why do we allow fear? to call the shots. Like, why do they have to be scary conversations? Why can't the title of my book is all about befriending fear. That's what it means to consider it a friend, to invite it into your life and to sort of throw a party for it because it's A, either going to keep you alive, right? Or because fear can do really good things for us or 
it can point you in a direction maybe you need to go. And, you know, speaking of books, as I was reading your book, I mean, I heard story after story after story of you doing that time and time mm-hmm. again, right? Having that playful conversation, um, you know, okay, here's what we can't do, but what can we do? What can mm-hmm. we do? And that is the yes and mantra in the improv theater that allows me to stay in forward momentum. So am I funny? Maybe I just do what feels right. And if I'm not having fun, what's the point? And when I think we see people be joyful, that that's kind of contagious, you know? I see so much of your journey, like there are so many parallels to your point in, in my book, I, I talk about this, but I talk about fear all the time oh, that yeah. it's that what I've gained from it. And I learned it early on as an athlete, as a gymnast. And, mm-hmm. you know, I learned lots of things like there would, I'd always want better people on my team because I'd be learning from them. And that's how we ultimately won. And by having better people and also just the idea that you're, you know, you're going to be good at things and there's other things that you're not going to be that great at and you should just enjoy yourself and write and keep learning along the way. You had this section, you know, in your book that really really well I underlined and highlighted because it was all about the the power of the ensemble one of the things you you train in your company and this is a great lesson for everyone to remember because the improv theater is not a me sport it's a we sport it's all about the the, the ensemble I I cannot improvise alone I need the ensemble and I my only job when I am there on stage and I translate this into my life, being here with you on this podcast, when I'm with the client, when I'm serving a keynote audience, it is never about me. It is how, how can I make this human being, how can I see them? How mm-hmm. can I make them feel incredible? And when I'm on stage as an improviser, my only job is to make them look amazing, which makes me look great. That's a cool side effect. But when you have in your heart, the intention of protecting your ensemble and really looking out for other people, um, it's really hard to lose. And is it easy to do? No, but it's a powerful thing that a lot of, a lot of people don't, don't remember, right? It's not about you because we never get anywhere alone. So you have a lot of those tenets in your book too about the ensemble and how you train your team. You know, how can you make your supervisor? How can you help them? How can you solve Mm -hmm. a problem? How can you make their life easier? Yeah. And I think it's also about, I mean, call them customers or audience. I mean, they're all kind of, they're similar in many ways that people have always asked me, what would you what would you not do? Mm. Or I don't know how you phrase it, but I think for me, just having a feedback loop and cool. where, while some people are really afraid of that, yeah, right? That they're afraid of going on stage. I used, I was always a very social person, but until I actually started doing public speaking and mm. frankly, I felt like I kept getting asked, especially in building my company Hint, being a female entrepreneur, there, you know, lots of different opportunities. And finally, I just said, I need to just get over this. And mm-hmm. people thought it was ridiculous because I was so social. They're, they're like, of course you can go do this. And the thing that I realized in my public speaking that I was, or really my fear was that I read audiences. Mm-hmm. Like I'm always really wanting to understand before a keynote exactly who's here. Are they entrepreneurs? Are they executives? Are they moms? Are they 
you know, what what's going on here? Are they college students? Are they, you know, who is this that that's here? And so the problem with that is that for me to have a deck mm. is very confining. And so when <laughs> I started to figure that out, then I started being the keynote speaker that I don't have a deck. Isn't that great? I love that. When I read yeah, that, I was and like, so yes. yeah, and so I don't have a deck, and and all of a sudden it was like liberating. Yeah. I d- no deck. I'm like I'm, and then I just started trying to, yeah. but because people said no, you have to have decks, and then I have mm-hmm. actually changed conferences now, who had like n- been not comfortable with the idea that I was not going to do a deck, and mm. then they said your keynote actually shifted our mind mm. into because you're having a conversation with the audience and anyway so for so those powerful. of you who fear public speaking check into whether or not it's the deck situation and how much you want it, that feedback loop with the audience and and all that but i love how humor has played such a critical part of your work cuz i think it's humor is happiness, right? Like Mm. for people, and especially if you're the recipients of it and you're able to allow people to laugh with you, laugh at you along the way. I just think it's something where you leave audiences feeling hopeful. Do you receive a lot of comments back from people as well and emails? And and it feels great, right? Like to know that you're actually, just by being in front of them, you're actually helping them understand that Yes, and right yes. that they can that they can go on. That's that's so super super awesome. So you and I have shared thinking on smashing comfort zones, mm-hmm. obviously. Oh, yes. And I'm going to quote you on this: "Fear isn't the enemy; comfort mm-hmm. is." I'm obsessed with high performance habits and helping people get more comfortable about being uncomfortable. Can you yes. share a little bit about what you mean by that? Yes, I absolutely can. And I 100% believe fear is not the enemy. Comfort is. And so many people come to our community. um, We call ourselves fear bosses. This means we're the boss, not our fear. It doesn't mean that we don't get afraid. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that fear doesn't exist, but we have chosen to face it. And so I think we have to first start with the rant on fearless that I think you and I both agree on. Uh, I do not believe fearless exists, right? There is no fearless. And there's this great book. Have you read the book Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert yet? I have not. And I Ooh. love Elizabeth Gilbert. She's amazing, but I have not read it. Amazing. Put it on your list. It's, it's, uh, it, it is incredible. It's Big Magic subtitle creative living beyond fear. So it's this really beautiful book on fear and its journey in her life. And she wrote this about, and it was the the book I was reading on my honeymoon when I came up with the idea for fear is my homeboy. So that book forever is like sort of, you know, um, ingrained in my heart and in my life. But she said, listen, the only fearless people I know are five-year-olds and sociopaths. So I don't think we, it's so true. Like we don't want to be five again. Love a good five-year-old, but we don't want to be five and we're not sociopaths. So the goal should be fearless. It should be figuring out how to fear our fear just a little bit less. So the way we do that in the fear boss community, because people come to our community, they read the books, they buy the planner, they go through the course, whatever it may be. Um, 
and they want to be braver and they want more freedom and they want to smash those comfort zones. But what they find out they really need, and these are the tools we provide, and I bet you'll agree, they find out they need energy, stamina, Mm -hmm. focus, confidence, Mm -hmm. and the high performance habits that are going to get you brave and keep you brave. So the way we do that in the fear boss community is we encourage people. This is our idea on fear, our twist on fear. We encourage people to become fear scientists with us. So this means that we are out there conducting fear experiments on the regular in order to get more comfortable being uncomfortable. So we are putting ourselves in uncomfortable situations to get braver. So those, Kara, could be really big things, right? So maybe it's a big fear experiment is like quitting your job, getting a divorce, writing a book, starting a company, selling hint water at Whole Foods out of the back of your Jeep, right? Or betting, putting it all on, on red, right? And hoping this works. Those are big ones. But you don't need to jump out of a plane or yeah. like free solo a mountain to be brave. You can do small everyday things. So for the person listening, that's like, oh, how can I work that? Because it's a muscle. Courage is a muscle, like creativity is a muscle. So you got to use it. And so maybe tonight you cook something new for dinner. Maybe you listen to a new Spotify station. Maybe you uh, change your hair color. Maybe on your next Zoom, you go on camera if that is uncomfortable for you. Maybe you start an Instagram account. Maybe you send an email to someone new on your team and ask them for a virtual coffee. Big and small things matter, but they don't have to be huge. So we are are always encouraging our community to get braver by getting uncomfortable regularly on purpose because comfort is the enemy, not fear. And the more we do this, the braver we get. So fear experiments are kind of our little fear. I love it. I absolutely love it. The other thing I talk about a lot actually is that I, part of my issue when I was leaving AOL prior to starting Hint was I was managing and I didn't feel like I was learning anymore and I couldn't articulate why I just was grumpy and, you know, I'd start blaming and I don't know, like I I would find reasons why it's someone else's fault, not mine, or, Mm. you know, very (laughs) subtly. But but at the end of the day, what I finally came to the conclusion, and it took me a couple of years, was that I just wasn't learning anymore. So a, a lot of my friends who were in tech, and again, I live in the Bay Area, it's like all my friends, I'd grown up in tech, but all my friends that I was living by were in tech companies. And I'm starting a beverage company, and they're like, are you okay? I know you have four kids under the age of six and, you know, is everything all right? You seem, uh, I mean, like it seems a little off. And I think that the thing that I was so fascinated by in starting this company was that I just didn't really understand it, right? Like I didn't, there were so many things. I didn't know how to create a shelf-stable product. I didn't know how to do distribution. I didn't, and so I was learning. And so today, I always push on this concept, not only with my team, but also with people who are not quite happy that sometimes by not actually putting yourself in situations where you where you're a little scared, but also where you're just where you just have no idea what you're doing. Those are the places where ultimately maybe you'll fail at some of those things, but other things you'll you'll figure out along yes. the way. And that's what I found is 
really the happiest people, I think, are the people that are learning. As humans, I fundamentally believe that we are here to learn. And when we get into situations where we're CEOs, I have friends that are C-suite executives that are, I'm so jealous of you. You're all out there. You're learning. And you, you know, it's so exciting. And I'm like, That's a choice. That's right. A it's a choice. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think that that's the thing. And I've talked on college campuses about this, that nobody taught me this. And I think mm-hmm. you have learned this on your journey as well. I mean, I'm so excited because we really are speaking the same language on this. Yeah. But that's the thing that I think is is really not focused on in sort of schools along the way where mm-hmm. the Mecca is you become a manager, yeah. you become you know, whether you're in sales or operations or whatever, or, and then you become a CEO and you're supposed to be really happy. And there's a lot of people who that really aren't that excited about managing people Mm -hmm. all day long. They actually want to learn. And unfortunately that the second step of that for a lot of C-suite executives is, okay, well, maybe I'll go join a board, but when you join a board, as I share with people, you don't necessarily operate, right? You're not learning in some way. You're actually teaching. It's not a bad thing, but you're teaching, right? right? And so that's not necessarily going to solve the problem either. So anyway, it's something that I think, I, I think about it a lot. And I think that people think that not being afraid, like they don't fear anything, I think to your point is just it doesn't exist. Well, maybe you should. Maybe you should go find some That's fear in your what life. You're doing wrong, right? I always people come to me and they're like, "Oh, I'm stuck, stuck in a rut in my marriage, in my business, in my company, with my team." And I was my my knee jerk reaction, Kara, every single time is, "When was the last time you tried something new? Or when was the last time you've done something for the first time?" Because what happens? It's easy to do the same things we the. Things the same way we've always done them. That's a comfort zone. It's way more terrifying to walk out onto the karaoke stage, the proverbial karaoke stage of life and pick up that microphone and belt out your first tone. And you know what? Something else to your point, I wish they taught me in school and I learned this in improv and it was a fundamental game changer for me. And you have themes of this in your book because it happened to you time and time again. We have a mantra that is no mistakes, only gifts. So we're either going to go out on that stage and we're going to win, or we're going to go out onto that stage and we're going to learn something that didn't work that we won't do again. Mm -hmm. And that set me free because now failure shows up. We just had this happen with a product we launched on December 1st. There are some things that didn't go right and we made some mistakes. Ooh, but we learned. And guess what? That gives me the power. It gives us the power to make things better next time, to do things different next time. And we pivot. You know, improvisers live for the plot twist. We don't run from it. We choose to see possibility and positivity. It doesn't mean things aren't going to go wrong, but I control that narrative. No one else, right? And I can either turn it. When you, the bottom line is this, when you are in an environment at Second City where you're literally going on stage And minutes before you go on, your instructor, your coach is literally tapping everybody in the back going, guys, I want you to go out there and I want you to fail so hard. I want you to bomb. I want you to mess this up. And in the corporate, in corporate America, Carol, I'm being told to like be myself, but not too much or like do whatever you want with the PowerPoint, but like 
call me first. But in improv, it was so opposite. And so it doesn't mean we don't follow the rules and be respectful of the things happening inside of our companies. But we now in my company and in any board that I'm a part of, we throw mistake parties on the regular. We celebrate the courage it takes to try something new. We get people into a room with music and cake pops and confetti masks masks now and some of that's virtual but we literally throw mistake parties failure parties whatever you want to call them i write about it in my book and that is empowering i love it that is empowering yeah that is that's so great so your book which is amazing everybody needs to purchase (laughs) it and it's called fear is my homeboy how to slay doubt boss up and succeed on your own terms you Mm -hmm. talk a lot obviously about the fear side of things. Uh, mm-hmm. what What's your advice for people who are currently kind of feeling stuck, like not yeah. being, I mean, what, what step, what should they get out there and do tomorrow morning? Yeah. If they're feeling like they just can't really move. Yep. Yep. I love this question. And the most tactical, practical, life-changing thing you could do in the next 24 hours is to conduct your very first fear experiment, to literally do something different, to maybe tomorrow wear a color you're not used to or take a different drive to the grocery store or uh, go on camera. Like I said, for your Zoom, call someone that you pick up the phone and call someone versus texting them. You know what I did yesterday? I went on a walk without my phone. And it was mm-hmm. amazing. It, yeah. And I've that done was a that before. Experiment. You know what I mean? We don't, anytime you are doing something just a little, get that cavity filled. Now that's a big fear experiment for some of us who ate the dentist, but you get my point. Mix it up. If yeah. you are in a rut, if you want to start having more playful, more empowering conversations with your fear, you have to choose to have a different relationship with it. And uh, the easiest way to do that is to start playing with it, start dancing with it, start inviting it into your life so that when it shows up, when the real stuff shows up, because real things are going to happen like COVID, like a pandemic, like loss of life and business and things are going to happen. We can't avoid that. But the constant in every scenario is you and how you show up to that. And so fear experiments have just been um, something that's changed my life. And when I feel stuck, I go out there and mix it up. I love it. That's so great. What do you think people fear the most? People are so afraid to be seen starting small. Mm -hmm. People are so afraid to start small. And they look at people with these big followings or these best-selling books, and they think, oh my God, who am I? And Listen, if you've got 25 views on your IGTV, that's a classroom. You get a couple hundred views on your Instagram story. That's That's a a quote from you. Yeah, that's a hotel room, ballroom. Yeah, that's awesome. Think about that. And we all start with one. We all have that first follower. So that's number one. And the second one I'd add, and it's the one thing you and I, we certainly have a a lot of things in common, but failure. People are afraid to fail and they're afraid of judgment and they're afraid of other people and their opinions of said and perceived failure. So we have to remember, and this is a great way to sort of wrap it up. When we are so afraid of what other people are going to think. We're so afraid people aren't going to like us. We're so afraid people are going to judge us. And the cold hard truth is this, and I hate to break it to you, but people already don't like you. People are already judging you and they're already making fun of you. So who are you running your business for? Who are you raising those kids for? Who are you living your life for? You are everybody else. And the final point, and this is one of the mantras that hangs really big in my office. If people are already talking, 
Let's go give them something to talk about. Let's change the world. Let's lead with love and make sure we're happy with it at the end of our lives. I love that. That is that is so great. And you also have a podcast, yes, and with Judy Holler, yes, which is and. so good. Yay! You're going to be on it. I'm so yes. excited. We're doing a yeah. podcast swap. I know it's so it's fun. super super great. But I I love that, and Thank I you. feel like so many of the guests that you have very similar to what I try and do is not only introduce cool people to my audience, but also people who are really authentic and who are just sharing it as it is. I mean, this is the, I I talk about this a lot these days. Uh, I really believe that 2021, I mean, you talked about people don't want to show their flaws, right? They fear being too small or not having an audience or whatever. I think 2021 is going to be a year where the, top leaders, the top authors, the top, you know, the most successful people I put in quotes are the ones that are actually real. Yeah. And, and I mean, I think that that is, look, I'm an early adopter on so many things. Like my whole life, I've been a little ahead of the curve, which, you know, is, it sounds great but it's actually hard um, on so many levels. But I really, really believe that 2021 is going to be a, a time when people are saying, take me as I am, mm-hmm. right? And this is what I'm trying to do. And I'm trying. And yeah. I think that that, and that is so much what I see in you and everything you're doing. And I'm so excited that you came to share with us today. I love, love, love it. So very Thank great. You. So where do people, obviously the book, where's the yes. best place for you, for people for to sure. get that? Thank you for asking. And um, Instagram's probably my favorite place to hang out. I'm at Judy Holler, J-U-D-I-H-O-L-L-E-R. I'm sure we'll link up in the show notes. And then my website has all kinds of great information. I've got a book, a workbook, a brand new planner, and um, Vibe and Thrive Academy that just rolled out. So teaching people how to use the science of goal-focused planning in order to thrive in life, but also protect their mental health along the way. So we do a lot of work in the the mental health area and um, really proud of that and um, love to see people continue to be successful. So um, Instagram is probably my favorite, but my website has all the good information. That's so great. Okay, Yay. great. So Judy Holler, it's H-O-L-L-E-R.com. Yes. Thank you so <laughs> much, Judy. This was so super, super great. So thanks everybody for tuning yes. in and like this uh, episode and subscribe and all that stuff. And we are here every Monday and Wednesday with all kinds of amazing guests that really make you think and inspire and all that good stuff. So thanks, everybody. Have a great week. Before we sign off, I want to talk to you about fear. People like to talk about fearless leaders, but achieving big goals isn't about fearlessness. Successful leaders recognize their fears and decide to deal with them head on in order to move forward. This is where my new book, Undaunted, comes in. This book is designed for anyone who wants to succeed in the face of fear, overcome doubts, and live a little undaunted. Order your copy today at undauntedthebook.com and learn how to look your doubts and doubters in the eye and achieve your dreams. 
for a limited time, you'll also receive a free case of Hint Water. Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to Spotlight? Send me a tweet at Kara Golden and let me know. And if you like what you heard, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Kara Golden. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.